Hey guys, it's Jamie Scrimger here, second wife, stepmom of three, and mom of one. And you're listening to my podcast, where we talk about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. If you're ready for raw and real conversations and are striving to live your very best life, then you are in the right place. Every week, I'll provide you with tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We'll bring you along as I create my own. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. So this week we are sitting down with the author of The Stepmoms Club, How to Be a Stepmom Without Losing Your Money, Your Mind, and Your Marriage. Honestly, this is one of the best episodes I've ever done for stepmoms, and I truly hope that every stepmom in this community takes the time to listen to this conversation. In fact, the episode is so good that it really doesn't even need an introduction, so I'm not going to do one. It really just speaks for itself. So you know what? Let's dive right in. Kendall, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Welcome to the podcast. Jamie, thank you so much for having me on. It's so wonderful to be talking with you. Yeah, no, I'm so excited. We have so many things to dive into today, specifically your book. So you know what, let's let's dive right into that. Give me the lowdown on the Stepmoms Club. Like what inspired you to write this book? It is based off of a true Stepmoms Club. We as a group of women became friends years ago, over 20 years ago, as we had our stepchildren came into a marriage. And as we were becoming mothers ourselves and pregnant, and then as our children became older, the kids became friends too. And we realized that we had this common bond. We were mothers and we were stepmothers. And we started to get together on a regular basis. And the topic always went to being a stepmother. And over the course of the, all these years and many, many gatherings, one day we said, wouldn't it have been great if we knew all this advice ahead of time that we've been sharing together, these tips, these tricks, this support network that we created unexpectedly, wouldn't it be amazing if we knew all these things before we said I do and became stepmothers. And we literally turned over a placemat at one of our weekly gatherings and started writing out the 10 most important things that we wish we knew ahead of time. And all these years later, because it was a very long work in progress, we created the Stepmoms Club book, How to Be a Stepmom Without Losing Your Mind, Your Money, and Your Marriage. That is so amazing. Now, I want to ask... How did you meet your stepmom friends? Because I know that's something that a lot of women who are stepmoms struggle with because they don't have friends who are stepmoms. We met all different ways through our children, through our stepchildren, through school, through soccer meets, through ballet recitals. And as we began talking, we realized that we were stepmothers as well. So there was not one central location <laughs> that we all kind of met together. Mm -hmm. um, we would just start talking on the playground or, you know, at a soccer field. And because even all those years earlier, 20 years ago, it was so taboo to even mention that you were a stepmother, you kind of secretly mentioned it. 
Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden there was this instant connection. It was kind of like, ooh, you're part of the club. I've got your back. I love it. I love it. And, you know, I'm <laughs> glad you said it like that because stepmoms reach out to me on a regular basis. They're like, how do you meet friends who are stepmoms? I don't have anyone in my life. And it really is about just getting yourself out there and just connecting with people. And you'll be surprised at how many stepmoms there actually is. There are so many out there that the numbers in the United States alone are staggering. So it's really no easy task when you think about it. There are 16 million stepmothers in the U.S. And that's by the U.S. Census Bureau of people who are legally married. So that doesn't even take into account the people who are cohabitating, living together in a committed relationship that are not married. There are 1,300 step families forming every single day. And more than one in four American adults have a step relative. Which is so crazy because it's still so taboo to talk about. I still even feel like that. Oh, 100%. You're right. It is astonishing that the word, the phrase stepmother is relegated to one of the most horrific characters in Disney history. I know. I know. We need to, there needs to be a new Disney movie. They need to change that (laughs) conversation. 100% because at the end of the day, we as stepmothers, we play, as you know, such an important role in our stepchildren's lives. And too often it is the mother of your stepchildren who people have empathy for, but yet we get bullied as stepmothers at times, that which is, is so awful. True. Yeah, no, it's definitely the case for so many. So when you had your gatherings with the Stepmoms Club, what would you say was the most common frustration amongst the group? Oh, there were so many, but I would say there were probably two that repetitively came up every single time. The first one would be, I had no idea what this was going to be like. And now that I'm in it, I had no idea how much of an outside force would affect my life every single day of my family related to, obviously, the stepchildren's mother. Mm -hmm. This person can set the tone for the the dynamics within your family. Yeah, that's so true. It is so true. And what was the second? Second would be, I wish I took a little more time for myself before I jumped in fully to the stepmom's role. Oh, my gosh, yes. Because what we say, and as we work with stepmothers, we say, step slowly, meaning it's like treading water. You kind of get into the water a little bit and you start to tread and then you start to swim. And too often, people are just jumping right into that that cold water and starting to swim at full strokes and they haven't even treaded yet and they didn't get used to the water. You have to step in slowly. And the thing is, I find a lot of stepmoms, and this is definitely the case for me, I went in head first and became so involved right away. And then as time went on, I started to find myself feeling a little resentful because of all the extra responsibilities and all the extra you know, stressors that I had in my life, but I had really signed myself up for it. I really did go in full on when I should have gone a little slowly because 
I think that stepmoms think that that's what they need to do almost to just prove themselves and to show, yeah, you know what? I'm taking this seriously. I can do this. I'm a great parent. I would say, especially childless ones. So it's so common. It is very common. And too often, once you jump in head first, you lose a little bit of who you are. And it is so awful because you forget the person who you were before you became a stepmother. And because you're running around and doing pickup and drop off and practices and laundry and making dinner and making lists and getting last minute items when your stepchildren forgot something at nine o'clock at night and in the morning they have to have it for school, you don't have that time to go work out. You haven't gotten your nails done. You aren't spending time with your girlfriends. You forget about your hobbies because you go so far in by diving in that you lose a little bit of who you are. And this came up constantly. And one or another of us, because we would always have stepmom friends, a friend would bring somebody to the group, we would always be reminding a stepmother, a new one who would come into our group, make time for yourself, Mm -hmm. make time for your relationship. Do not get suffocated and get sucked into what we call the stepmom vortex. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember a conversation with my husband, and I've shared this before, but I was feeling extra overwhelmed and just feeling a little lost. And I looked at him and I said, and I think back and it was so, it was not the nicest way that I said it, but I said, you know, I gave up everything for you people. I used to do, go to yoga every night. I used to go to the bookstore. I used to have coffee with friends. I used to do all these things and I don't do any of it anymore. And he just looked at me and said, no one asked you to do that, Jamie. We do it on our own. It's not even that our husbands put this expectation on us. We dive in. We dive in a hundred percent before we realize what we're getting into, and then we're overwhelmed by it. But that's real. That is a Mm -hmm. real honest feeling of being overwhelmed and then at times having that resentment. Because as women, naturally, we're nurturers, we're caregivers, we're pleasers. And what the basic fundamental challenge that we ultimately end up having is we're not taking care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And you can't be everything to everyone all the time. It's impossible. No. And when you're not at your best, you those extra stressors, they affect you in a different way than they would if, you know, your cup was full, if you will. Right. And blending families is is hard. It is not an easy activity. You know, it takes years and years to truly blend a family. So too often as stepmothers, we forget that it takes time and we're not understanding why it's not blending immediately. Yeah, that is so true. Now, you wrote this book under a fake name. Can you tell me why? Yes. So because there are so many stepmothers involved with writing this book, some people wanted to reveal who they were. Some people did not. And for really the privacy and respect of other family members, Mm -hmm. it was either all or none. So pseudonym names and pen names were created. In my case, Kendall Rose has a very deep meaning. 
Um, I was very, very close with my grandmother my entire life. Um, We spent incredible amount of time together and her name was Rose. But when I was little, we used to play dolls and we would have our, you know, teacup lunches and all that. And we made up our own names. And the name that I chose when I was a little girl was Kendall. So Kendall Rose was really named after my grandmother. Oh, that is so sweet. I love it. Now, (laughs) do your family and friends know that you are Kendall Rose? Yes. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. And there have been many, many interviews that I have done um, through the Today Show, through the New York uh, Post, and um, being on Jenny McCarthy. And yes, you know, we do talk about who I am. <laughs> That's good. Because you know what? It's such a great book. I would hate, I want you to get the credit <laughs> that it deserves. Well, thank you so much. And my background is in the financial services industry. So there is so much in the book that talks about the financial aspect of being a stepmother. So as people are reading the book and people know me, they find that it is so obvious to them so much of what is written is coming directly from me. Yes. Now, speaking of that, you recommend that stepmoms read the custody agreement right off the bat. So, and in the States, you call it the divorce decree. So why do you recommend this? Well, first of all, I refer to helping stepmothers blend families in a financial secure way related to the four D's for an easy transition. Because knowledge is power and asking questions and knowing your four Ds within your blended family is so important. And it really liberates you. It provides you with the information to protect your happiness of your blended family. And I'll go through all the four Ds. The first one is the documents and where you mentioned talking about the divorce decree. Because if you refer to your partner's divorce decree and their custody agreement, you find out all the financial obligations that your partner has to their previous partner or spouse. You understand the milestones in the settlement agreement regarding child support payments, financial responsibilities as to where the money is going and for how long, because these legal documents really will give you a glimpse into your future as a stepmother. It's a roadmap of your journey related to finances because things are outlined and then there are areas that are gray. So it will talk about child support, any alimony payment, What are the college requirements in terms of payment, school tuition, school supplies, after-school activities? Is your partner responsible for paying for piano lessons, allergist appointments, psychiatrist appointments, soccer camps? Also, it outlines everything related to holiday schedule, summer vacation schedules, and parental obligations. So before you have any of these arguments with your partner about not knowing what the schedule is, so often those heated discussions could be avoided 
had you read through the divorce decree. Mm -hmm. And too often you hear of stepmoms never even read it. Yeah, no, that's so, so true. It's a great, great tip. And obviously it's not the sexiest conversation you're going to have with your partner. Like, hey, by the way, you know, pass the bottle line and oh, let me just check out your divorce decree at the <laughs> same time. But what it does is it educates you. It really provides you with the information because it's in black and white. A judge has signed off on it. Your partner is legally responsible for what is outlined in this document and nothing can be changed until you go in front of a judge again. And everybody knows that takes emotional toll. It takes a financial toll and it takes a toll on your relationship with your partner. Absolutely. So it's really good to read through that and get out a pen and a piece of paper and write out questions that you have for your partner and have a true, deep, honest conversation. Because there might be things in there that A, is a little too heavy for you to handle and you might not even want to remain in that relationship or there's a lot of gray areas and you want to know what potentially you are responsible for if you commit to this relationship and marriage yeah, from so a finance true. perspective. Yeah. So there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of information in there that is unwearing and important to understand. And when I talk about the financial obligations, that takes me to the next D, which is dollars. In the documents, it talks specifically about the dollar amount that your partner or husband or spouse will be paying to their ex. And what too often we hear from other stepmothers is, oh my gosh, I did not realize how much money was going to be going out of our household to another household. Mm -hmm. And so much of my financial compensation coming home, if they're working, will then be going to supporting the household that they did anticipate. Yes, for sure. So knowing where the dollars are, and we say, again, get out that pen, get out that piece of paper and start writing it all down. Understand what the net dollar amount is. And when we refer to as net, we're talking about what will be spent within your household. And then you will figure out where you have to contribute. And is this something that you are comfortable contributing to? And while we're on the topic of dollars, there are so many legal documents that you don't realize until you read through it, the documents itself, potentially important financial obligations that your partner wasn't even aware that they were still fulfilling outside of the documentation, meaning they might have their names still on bank accounts or a mortgage or a title of a house, utility bills, credit cards, brokerage accounts, safety deposit box. Is life insurance retitled? Is the beneficiary the one that your partner wants on their health insurance? Yeah, there's a lot of different things that you need to make sure are in place. All of this information is so important because even in the Stepmoms Club book, we talk about a very unfortunate situation where there was a stepmother who had married somebody who had children from a previous relationship. She had a new baby. Her husband went out to go for a jog and never came home. He ended up having a heart attack when he was jogging. 
Oh and gosh. when she met with the attorney to go through all the estate, one piece of paper had the wrong beneficiary on it. And legally, there was nothing that could be done. His ex inherited that pool of money. Ugh. And very much so an oversight. It was the back page of five page document that was just missed. Wow. That is crazy. That is a worst case scenario for sure. Now, what's the next D? The next D is delegation. When we refer to delegation, we're talking about looking to the experts related to your blended family, accountants, attorneys, financial advisors, therapists, looking to the experts for assistance. They have the expertise to help you and be a third-party impartial individual to help you get through the blended family scenarios of finances and also related to, like we talked about earlier, life insurance, mortgages, titles of your home, are there trusts in place, wills in place, what is all the information that you need to compile together as a couple in a blended family situation to make sure that everything is outlined exactly as you want it in the event that at some point you are incapacitated and can't make decisions for yourself or together the two of you are in a situation where you're incapacitated and can't make decisions. So you want those decisions to be made as you want them and mm -hmm. have it all put together in black and white and going to those experts for their help. Because you, like I mentioned earlier, you as a stepmom can't be everything to everyone all the time. And asking for help is so important because you're not the experts. There are experts out there that could provide all this information to help you make the right educated decisions for yourself. Yeah, that's so important too, right? There is a lot of things that you need to think of because as a couple, they had put them in place when they first got married. And then at the end of their marriage, if it's not taken care of, that affects you and your relationship. Oh my gosh, so many decisions that were made, I'm sure for, for you, Jamie, and, and with Darren, that these decisions were made prior to you even ever being in the picture. And then they didn't get unwound. Mm -hmm. And too often as stepmothers, you find them out at the most critical point when typically there is either a, an emergency or it becomes literally a crazy train of a show to try to unravel it. Yeah, that is so true. So I, I just keep saying so true, so true. It's all so true. Now, was that three Ds or four Ds? Are we at That's the fourth? three. And then the, the last D is do. D-O. Do stay true to yourself. It is so important, as I mentioned earlier, not to get pulled into this stepmom vortex because being a stepmother in a blended family is overwhelming at times. And there are challenging moments. And at times, you need to take a step back and focus on yourself. Like you mentioned, you talked about doing yoga 
on a regular basis, and then you weren't doing it. But by you and all of us as stepmothers not taking care of ourselves and being true to ourselves, we can't be efficient in our blended families in a very good, healthy way unless we're protecting our own well-being, our emotional well-being, our relationship, and our financial future for the sanctity of our blended family. No, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. And you know, there's a huge push on self-care for all moms. And I know I've had conversation with other moms they've said, "Well, it's important for all moms to make sure they don't lose themselves and to practice self-care." And that is so true, but I do believe it is even more important for a stepmom just because there's not when you're a stepmom, it's not the same as being a mom. In the majority of situations, it's extra stressful. You're good enough till you're not. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. You know, there's a little piece of your life that is in Well, actually, there's a huge piece of your life that is controlled by an outside factor. Like, it truly is even more important for a stepmom to ensure that they have themselves on the to-do list. Oh, absolutely. And I would say it should be the top of the list because you need to keep your hobbies. You need to keep getting together with your friends but most importantly, you need to find other stepmoms to talk to because it's the the honest, raw talk that you need to have with another stepmother. A friend, a girlfriend, or a guy friend who is truly your friend wants to be helpful, but they don't have that same perspective. They can't provide that insight or that intel as to how to help you get through an emotional period when chaos is ensuing in your own home and they've never walked a day in your shoes. No, that's so, so true. And that's why I created, because I have my online uh, exclusive stepmom community. And that's, you know, it's not just about the content that I provide in there. It is a place where stepmoms are able to connect with each other from all over the world off of social media, outside of the Facebook groups, so that they have that safe space that's not showing up on someone else's newsfeed to talk about what it really feels like. Because if you're not a stepmom, you do not understand what it's like to be a stepmom. You can't. I, I know. And, th- and that group that you have is so important for other stepmothers. It is that lifeline. I mean, being able to talk guilt-free and have this honest talk and with no judgment. Mm-hmm. I mean, being judgment-free is so important because everybody has empathy for mothers, but there's not empathies for stepmothers. There's empathies for stepdads. I mean, they look like the knight in shining armor that comes whooping in and taking care of everybody. We're yes. doing likely more, and there's no empathy for oh. us. No, I couldn't <laughs> agree more. And, you know, I always use the example... So someone has uh, a a brand new mom has a newborn baby, right? And the baby is crying and screaming and she looks overwhelmed and kind of at her wit's end. No one walks up to her and says, oh, well, you knew what you were signing up for when you decided to get pregnant, like babies cry. But when it comes to a stepmom, when she's feeling overwhelmed and struggling and at her wit's end, they know what they, you know, people will say, well, you knew what you signed up for when you decided to marry a man with kids. Like, what did you expect? It's oh. such a double standard. It's so, <laughs> it's such bullshit. Oh my gosh. That is like nails on a chalkboard. When I hear somebody say that, I look at them and I was like, are you kidding me? 
Yeah. No one it, knows what they're signing up in anything in life until they're already signed up. I literally comment when someone says that. And if they're a mother, I said, well, did you know exactly what your delivery of your child was going to be like when you were in the delivery room? Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Because nobody knows until you're there. <laughs> Hey guys, all right, I'm just going to interrupt this podcast for about two seconds here because I just want to make sure that all of the stepmoms know about the exclusive community for stepmoms that I just launched. So as most of you know, I write blog posts and post videos all about my experiences as a stepmom and about our blend of family life. I keep it positive, but I don't sugarcoat the challenges, and I'm really here to provide stepmoms with tips and strategies so that they can show up as the best stepmom possible. I have an online Facebook group, a public Facebook page, and I'm all over Instagram. And guys, I cannot tell you how many times stepmoms have reached out to me and told me that they really want to engage with my content, but they don't want their husband's ex-wife or their mother-in-law or anyone in their life to see that they're struggling. They don't want their stepkids to stumble across their posts, and I totally understand that. I also have had so many stepmoms say that they've posted on my page or in my group, and then someone in their life has literally taken a screenshot and sent it to people in their family, which, by the way, I think is so brutal, but that's what happens with social media. It's not private. Anyone can see anything, and the internet is forever, even in closed Facebook groups. So knowing that so many stepmoms were struggling and craving that online interaction, but weren't comfortable doing it on social media, I decided to launch an exclusive community for stepmoms. In this community, you get exclusive content that's not shared anywhere else, regular interaction with me and my team, a monthly Q&A where you can ask me anything and everything, and unfiltered conversations all with the purpose of providing you with tips and strategies and a community so that you can show up as the best stepmom possible. And guys, it is all off social media. Even the forum is like a Facebook group, but not on Facebook. It is a private community that only members can access. So if you are craving privacy and support and friendship, and you just want to feel like you're not freaking crazy for feeling the way that you do, check out my online community. All the details are at www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership. Now, in your book, you mentioned that often stepmoms will be upset about something that's gone on with, say, the ex or their stepchildren, mostly with the ex. And then their husband ends up not thinking it's that big of a deal and they end Ugh. up getting upset about it. Like, let's unpack that. Why do you think why do you think stepmoms get so upset about things that are going on with the ex and the husband's like, yeah, well, like, let's just let it pick our battles. Let's let it slide, whatever. That is such a huge topic when we would get together on our gatherings from the standpoint that there are so many emotions that go into this. So for the stepmother, we are putting ourselves out there. We are trying to do so much to make those children feel all and as comfortable as they can be with us as stepmothers. We're trying so hard to let them know how much we care for them and how we love them and how they are a part of us. But your husband or your partner is not viewing it in the same way because they are the biological father. 
It might be a scenario where there's still guilt that they're feeling. They might have that Disneyland dad syndrome where everything has to be puppies and rainbows when everybody's together. And they don't understand why you can't view the world as puppies and rainbows. Mm-hmm. And unless you communicate as a stepmother to your husband, to your spouse, to your partner, and explain exactly how you're feeling, they're not going to get it. They're never going to get it. No. And often they don't think it's as big of a deal because they're just, they just want to brush it off and get, get rid of the issue. And you're sitting there kind of dwelling in it because it almost feels like an attack to you when they've pretty much dealt with this woman before, right? Like they know exactly what she's all about. So they've been there, done that. They're just kind of, they're over it. Whereas it's new for the stepmom. And also men just let things roll off their back pretty easily. I mean, there are times that I wish I could be that way. I'm seething inside. The blood is boiling and I'm looking and I'm thinking, how could that not affect you? I know. I know. There's so many times in our marriage that something will happen and I'll, we'll, we'll talk about it in the kitchen, right? So we're just kind of debriefing on it. And then hours later, I, I, I want to bring it up again. I want to keep talking about it. And he's like, why are you still talking about this? He's like, well, I'm still thinking about it. He has thought he's not thinking about it at all anymore. So it's often, it's not that they don't care. It's that they really just think about one thing at a time and then they move on to the next next issue. Whereas as women, I think that we just let things fester and are constantly trying to process things. And, you know, we're, we're just different beings. Oh, absolutely. And I even think that we let it percolate in mm-hmm. our minds and we try to understand and rationalize why they're not viewing it in the same way that we are. And, and you want to bring it up and be like, oh, and by the way, and you're right, they are on to something completely different. They've completely forgotten about it and they don't even want to think about it anymore. Yeah, it's gone. It's swept under the rug. My husband has said to me before, he said, you know, I sometimes just like to pretend things aren't happening. You know, <laughs> you are going at things guns a-blazing, trying to tackle things, tackle the issue. And he goes, I just want to pretend that everything is fine. And I do think that that's the case for a lot of husbands as well. And I think also many husbands don't want to deal with the issue at hand because if it involves their ex, they're trying to close their mind to it. You know, their feeling is, we're divorced for a reason. I don't want to deal with that person. I don't want to talk about her. I don't want that to be part of my life every single day. Mm-hmm. And in our mind, we're thinking, well, she is in our life every single day. Let's deal with it. Right. And mm-hmm. it's it's a communication thing. And I think it's never, ever, ever going to be viewed the same way between a husband and a stepmom. Yeah. And now speaking of things that aren't going to be viewed the same way, let's talk about clothes because clothing is a big issue in divorced families and especially a huge issue for stepmoms. Stepmoms get really upset when they buy their (laughs) stepkids clothes, they take it to their moms and it's never seen again. It is so funny we're talking about this subject because if you look ahead five minutes five days, five weeks, five years, 
it becomes totally irrelevant. And yeah. when we get together as stepmoms and we're talking with new stepmoms, we say it is going to drive you crazy. It is going to set you over the moon. But try not to let it because at the end of the day, it's just clothes. Mm -hmm. So if you know the clothes aren't coming back, don't put your stepchildren, if they're young children, don't put them in the clothes that you want to have yeah. in your household. Yeah. I mean, and, it, it, and if they do forget them, go get them. I think that there's sometimes stepmoms will say, well, I shouldn't have to do it. I shouldn't have to. They should be sent back. It's, you're you know, right. it's not yeah. that hard to send things back. It absolutely, they should, we should all be able to send stuff back and forth, but I know I'm guilty of it. Sometimes I don't know what comes in my house and what doesn't. And, you know, I don't, shirts get lost in the laundry and things just kind of go missing. It's a lot of things to keep track of. And often we think that it's intentional when it's not. The kids are forgetful. Moms have things on their mind. They have a thousand balls that they're trying to keep up in the air, just like stepmoms do. So often it's, I don't think as intentional as stepmoms think it is. It's just a different, different priorities or different values or life is just busy. Life is crazy. The way people live today sometimes is truly insanity. But the flip side of it is there are mothers out there that are malicious and vindictive and not providing the clothes back intentionally. And we say, come up with a solution. In the Stepmoms Club book, we provide different scenarios of what stepmothers have done. And the one that keeps coming up over and over again, especially if the children are young, is take your stepchildren to a luggage store. Let them pick out an overnight bag that they like. It's theirs. They're going to want to carry it back and forth. Get their initials monogrammed in it. Whatever makes them happy and teach them how to put their stuff in there. Yeah, Let no, I talk be. about that too. <laughs> yeah, a special they're, bag that they love and they can bring yeah. back and forth and they're excited about it. And it's about teaching them a new habit, right? And ownership. So you can get as frustrated as you want about the clothing, but at the end of the day, they're going to grow out of it. And if there are items that you truly have a deep affection for, just make sure they're not wearing it when they go yeah, to their mother's house. Yeah, I totally agree. And you know, for us, this used to be a big, I, I used to, I had a lot of stress over a pair of Joe Fresh skinny jeans. There were, we bought multiple <laughs> pairs of these Joe Fresh skinny jeans. It was a thing. Um, my stepson, when he was younger, just only wanted to wear these pants and I would buy multiple pairs and then there would be no pairs. And, uh, it's crazy because it's, that seems like it was such a big deal at the time, but now they bring their stuff back and forth. They're responsible for their own things. And it's not even an issue, right? Like when they become teenagers too, it's just, it's very much when the kids are little, that it is the issue. It really does. It does pass. And we laugh. We say little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. Sometimes yeah. we look back and say, oh, I wish the only issue we were dealing with right now was the clothes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? Now in the book, you also talk about having a family meeting and deciding what everyone will be called and what they will be referred to. And I've never heard of this recommendation before. Why do you think it's important for to, to have this meeting? And can you kind of explain a little bit more about it? Yes, of course. So we 
regardless of the age, because when you become a stepmother, there are different ages of the stepchildren. And what we have found amongst our stepmoms club is that regardless of when you entered into the relationship with their parent, they still want to feel that they have control. I mean, they're people, regardless of whatever age they may be. And by sitting down and talking about the dynamics of what this blended family is, you're allowing them to feel that their voice is important and that they are part of the family and you're hearing what they're saying and you're talking about whether it's you're moving in, whether you have already moved in, whether you're new in the relationship and you're meeting them just for first few times by asking how they want to address you or introduce you to their friends makes them feel that you view what they have to say. Yes, that's so true. The other thing too is it becomes very dicey because their mother might not want you referring them referring to you as their stepmom. They might not want the name mom at all referred whatsoever. And having the conversation about respecting your mother's feelings is one thing, but also we as a blended family, we respect how you feel. So putting it back on the children, letting them think about what's important to them with no outside interferences makes that unit feel closer because they can talk freely. And maybe as a stepmom, you're going to get your your feelings hurt because they will refer to their mother. We don't know how my mom would feel, so to speak. And you just need to be the bigger person as a stepmother and understand that they're working through these emotional feelings as well. And I think it's important for them to be considering how their mom would feel. And I think it's important for a stepmom to consider how the mom feels too in these situations, even if you're not on the same page with a lot of things. I know for me with Reese, I would have a very hard time having another woman look after her in a stepmom role. I would, I would struggle with that because I'm her mom, right? And that would be an area where I would struggle if something were to happen to Darren and I's marriage and he were to move on or, or whatever. So I still, I do think that's important. And it, it is amazing to me as stepmothers, we put ourselves in the shoes of your children's, your, your stepchildren's mom's shoes often, but it's not reciprocated. And we find that stepmothers get very resentful because of that. But yeah. I agree with you 100%. If, if the shoe was on the other foot, I would feel very uncomfortable knowing this. But I also would have a sit down. I would mm-hmm. demand to have a sit down and make sure that everybody is on the same page as to how the children are being raised. And it amazes me how often that there's no communication. I know that blows my mind. (laughs) Like this woman is looking after your child half the time and you want nothing to do with her. That just blows me out of the water. Or worse, she's saying awful things about you and doesn't even know you as a person. That's the one that gets to me. It's like, you have something to say, say it, but say it to me. 
or say something that you have valid understanding of who I am as a person mm-hmm. Yeah, before you speak. Yeah. And that's more about where they're at. And it's not even about you. It's about what you represent. Right. But for the, the sake of the children, it is very unnerving to hear and see and read even online so many horrific stories of what your stepchildren's mothers will do. Oh, yeah. It's, it's mind blowing. Mind blowing for sure. Now we did come out. I had a video actually that I released a few weeks back because I had referred to my stepchildren as my stepchildren, as I do in all my content, because they are my stepchildren. And that's how the the language that we use in our family. But going back to that family meeting, you know, it really opened my eyes because for us and our family, we say stepkids or we say, you know, stepmom, but in some other families, people don't like those words. And it truly is about like there is no one size fits all approach and different kids have different comfort levels with these different labels. So I'm so glad that you put that in this book because it's something that people don't think about. People don't think about the labels and what they mean to the various peoples in their the various people in their family. The family meeting is so important and equally as important is spending one-on-one time with your stepchildren. So your stepchildren have different personalities. They have different likes. They have different dislikes. And getting to know them on an individual basis, even if it's just going to the park if the children, your stepchildren are young, or taking them out to dinner or going for ice cream or just spending time sitting on your porch and getting to know who they are as individuals is so paramount to having a healthy relationship with them. No, that is so true because they're each, it blows my mind again. I keep saying mind blowing and so true, but it's also, it is, it's exactly how I'm feeling right now. We have my three stepchildren were raised the very same way with the very same parents and they're so different. And I think sometimes we have the same expectations of kids who are in the same family, but everyone is so unique and developing that outside relationship or that unique relationship with each child. It's so important. And what's even more important to realize is that you may have a different bond with one of your stepchildren than the other ones. And that's okay too. There it's, oh. it's not going to be all the same. Exactly. And there is high probability that you're going to have different relationships with mm-hmm. your stepchildren, just like with your own children, you have different relationships if you, with your children, if you have multiple children and that's okay. What is so hard, I think for stepmothers and in all the different stepmothers that we've worked with and talk with and interact with on social media is that too often the stepmother is not appreciated for what they're bringing to the table to have these relationships with their stepchildren. Mm -hmm. And do you think that it's that stepmoms aren't appreciated or do you think it's that there's a bit of a combination between the fact that stepmoms maybe aren't appreciated and they're oversensitive? It's society. Think of society as a whole related to the blended family. I mean, the blended family is going to be the more traditional family in the future coming years. 
with the divorce rate as being as high as it is, with the recoupling percentages and cohabitation and remarriages, the average American nuclear family are a blended family. Mm -hmm. And society, wherever you live, is still not talking openly about it yet. And it is still taboo to say that you're a stepmother or you have stepchildren. Whatever the vernacular you use within your blended family, there's still taboo about it. And it's not right. I mean, on one of your pod, uh, previous podcasts, you, you've talked about on Instagram, you know, related to, you know, forms of bullying. Like, why is it allowed as stepmothers to be talked to in ways, in such a negative, horrific way by your stepchildren's mother, and there's no consequence for it. That's mm-hmm. true. You're, and because your own stepchildren are seeing how you're allowed to be treated. And I think this is a society issue. And until this is embraced and until this is talked about in the forefront, and we're not in just online communities discussing these very serious topics, it's still going to be taboo. Yeah. And the thing is, is, you know, you have situations where stepmoms will be upset because their stepchildren have said, I don't have to listen to you. You're not my mom. Or I don't have to listen to you. I I hate you. You're not a parent to me. And I, I take a lot of issue with that too, because Absolutely. Stepmoms are not moms. They're not your mom, but they're adults and you cannot treat adults with disrespect, let alone adults who are raising you and helping to, you know, contribute to the household in the same house that you live in. You know, that to me, it's not about whether they're your mom or not. Stepmoms are not your mom. They're your stepmom, but you still can't treat them with such disrespect. And that comes from society. Uh, Yes, I agree 100% that in this day and age, respecting the elders have become somewhat passe, Mm -hmm. that because people are allowed to degrade and say negative comments about stepmothers as adults, what are we teaching our children? What are we teaching the next generation of potential stepmothers? Yeah, it's it, it is a larger issue just how how stepmoms are viewed in our society. And you know, going back to the way that stepdads are viewed versus stepmoms, it really is when a man marries a woman who has kids, it's like, "Oh my gosh, how great of him for taking all of that on." And then, <laughs> you know, rolling out the parade And then when a um, woman marries a man with kids, especially a woman who doesn't have kids of her own, there's always just this assumption that there was a fair. It's like, what a little homewrecker, whatever it is, even if there was years in between the two different relationships. It's just crazy the assumptions that happen in these conversations. Oh, it is mind boggling. I mean, even go to a school event. You could probably pick out who the stepmother is Mm -hmm. if their partner is not there with them because highly likely no other mother is talking to them. That stepmother could be so much more involved than the children's biological mother, but yet they are ostracized. 
Yeah. And I think that's especially true at the very beginning, because I will say in our situation at the very beginning, I did not feel included in any way, shape or form, but we're now seven, eight years in and the vibe is a bit different. But with the difference, I think with what I did is I just kept showing up. I kept showing up. I kept being nice. I kept making friends. I kept just being there. But what I think happens for a lot of stepmoms is they're new and they feel this, like they're an outsider and they feel nervous and not included. And so then they just recoil. They don't come, right? They they take a step back. And so they stop showing up and still continue to feel like that outsider. And it's almost like you you kind of have to prove yourself to the moms that you're mom enough to be included. Well, and you also, you completely have to put yourself out there. And if you are the type of individual who doesn't have that kind of personality, it's very difficult. So if you're social and outgoing and you have no problem walking into a room confidently and introducing yourself to the other moms, then you find yourself in a corner with nobody talking to you. Mm -hmm. Even if you are so often a more of a primary caregiver that the schools have to help as well welcoming these stepmothers oh, and yeah. not letting them feel so much like an outcast. Well, it, and it, you know what? That's a whole other topic because <laughs> there's a whole lot that school systems need to be doing to accommodate oh, yes. for step parenting and co-parenting situations. But, you know, for the sake of time, I want to wrap this up with one final question for you. If you have a new stepmom, who is struggling and doesn't really know where to turn right now, other than to buy your book, which I'm going to link all of uh, the details in the show description and show notes. What is your piece of advice for them? Step in slowly. Take it at your pace. Don't try to be everything to everybody. And let your family blend at the pace that they're comfortable with. It takes seven years for a blended family to feel cohesive. Don't try to do it in seven seconds. Yes, that's so good. And I think that my piece of advice would be is don't, I think a lot of stepmoms try to pretend like they have it all together and that everything is fine and everything is perfect and they know what they're doing. And it's bullshit. It really is bullshit because whether you're a mom or a stepmom, Everyone is just flying by the seat of our pants. We're all just kind of figuring out this parenting thing as we go. And the sooner you let go of the idea that you have to be perfect, the closer to perfect it becomes. Oh my gosh, Jamie, that is so perfect to say because in the Stepmom Skull book, we talk so often about let it go. Do Mm -hmm. not, do not try to think that everything is perfect and do not let it affect you. There are times that you have to let the situation go. And we provide the analogy of walking into a movie late. You might only be 15 minutes late, but you still have to walk into that movie theater, find seats in the dark, highly likely step on people's toes to get to those seats. And then you're trying to play catch up to figure out what's going on in the movie. Oh my God. A blended family is like playing catch up. That could not, you, (laughs) that is the most true thing that you have said this whole time. Like that, 
man, that is, that sums up blended family life, stepmom <laughs> life in, in one sentence. Bang on. Thank you so much, Kendall. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. It was such a pleasure speaking with you today. And I look forward to speaking with you in the future. Absolutely. Okay, guys, if you like this podcast, please do me a little favor. Take a second and subscribe on iTunes and then screenshot this podcast. Give it a share in social media and tell your friends what you think. And hey, don't forget to tag me so that I can thank you for helping me spread the word. Thanks so much. And I will talk to you next week. Thank you.